Hello, and welcome back to the Northwestern Baseball Podcast. This is episode 10. Can you believe we made a 10 whole episodes of this podcast? I'm Amit Malik, joined by Sam Brief and Henry Damore, uh, the terrible twosome, <laughs> if you if you may. Wow. Or, Incredible. Uh, Dynamic duo, maybe? Dynamic duo is the positive spin. How are you guys Uh, doing? (laughs) Uh, I'm fantastic. Very hot day outside. It's a lovely day. Nice relax here in the air-conditioned podcasting booth, if that's what we want to call it. Sure, yeah, this uh, this nice little room here. Yeah, I'm doing doing really well, though. Much happier with the the good weather. Ready to talk about some baseball. It's a fun time for Northwestern, you know. Uh, they're still alive, more than alive. They're alive and kicking in the Big Ten, and as things are, they are seventh place in the Big Ten standings, which would qualify them for the Big Ten baseball tournament next week, the first time they would make it since 2010. So that's really been the focus for this team uh, all season. It's been the focus of our podcast, and everything is in relation to how they get there. Um, we're eventually going to have some Big Ten bracketology for you later, as we preview the Rutgers series. But first, we're going to start off with an excellent weekend for the Wildcats. They went to Maryland, a team that was 19-1 and at home heading into the series, and they took two games from one of the best teams in the Big Ten. How did they do it? I mean, first of all, I just want to say how awesomely surprising this was. Uh, I was on with you last week, Amit, and we were saying... Uh, just kind of looking at the Maryland and Rutgers series in terms of the Big Ten tournament, and we were just framing it as, okay, if they get swept by Maryland, they're going to have to win three against Rutgers. If they steal one against Maryland, that's incredible. And they did that in a big way on Saturday, just with an offensive explosion in the fifth inning. And then how about getting the win again on Sunday? I mean, against a team in Maryland that was once first place in the Big Ten, had lost just one home game all year, and then loses two in two days to Northwestern. I mean, huge credit to the offense, um, especially on that Saturday game with seven runs in the fifth. I mean, I was just extremely impressed. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you ask how they did it. It is the offense. I mean, uh, the pitching came through in a a couple big spots, especially on Saturday, only letting up three runs. Um, But, I mean, they kept a relatively... um, relatively potent Maryland offense kind of quiet but I think yeah I mean the offense that that crooked number there on Saturday seven runs in the fifth inning to make it a final of 11 to three eventually um I think it's you know it's the usual suspects uh, Alex Arrow exploded in uh on Sunday's game uh for of course uh, most notably for the go-ahead home run to left center in the 11th winner for the Cats but um he went four for six that day first two games he's kind of quiet but uh I thought it was kind of cool even in the game that Northwestern lost seven to one Grant Piker uh, had, the, had the lone RBI that day, but um, I think you know it's 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 contagious. Uh, Joe Hoshed's continuing to do his thing. He's crept into the top, I want to say six in uh, Big Ten in batting average in the Big Ten. He's at the hitting 355 on the year. Um, the pitching hasn't gotten shelled really, aside from maybe that Friday game. But I think that you know it's kind of like when that was the only sample size, it seemed like well you know what okay that was kind of expected for Maryland to win seven to one at home and pick up their like 25th home win. And how about the job Hank Christie did on Saturday in the oh, yeah. 11-3 win? Went eight innings strong, gave up just three runs against a really explosive Maryland offense. He's been so good as of late in that uh, Saturday starting role. His last 
seven starts, six of them have been wins. I mean, he's been an absolute rock. Really the best starting pitcher for Northwestern over the last few weeks. Yeah. He's He's been excellent all season, really throws strikes, doesn't walk too many batters, great control for a freshman. Let's go quickly game by game through this series just to, you know, give a recap. We'll start with game one, you know, as mentioned, not a great game for the Wildcats. They lost 7-1, to one, one, uh, not really one big inning, but – you know, a few innings that came back to bite them, and offense was really struggling against a really talented Friday night pitcher for the Terrapins. Yeah, you mentioned Grant Piker was the lone RBI, someone we haven't really seen much this year, and that just shows that the the bats we usually see explode for Northwestern, with the exception of Joe Hoshite, who had two hits in this game, nothing crazy, but they were just, it was a quiet night for the offense. Um, it was one of one of those games where nothing was really working. Weatherby had one of his worst outings of the year, giving up eight hits, five runs, and six innings. He didn't strike out anyone in this game. Um, so it just just was not Northwestern's day. I mean, they were going up against Maryland's ace. Um, so that certainly attributes to the quiet bats offensively. But this is just one of those games you write off and say, you know, it was, it was game one against, at the time, the best team in the Big Ten on the road going up against their ace, it was just overall not a good game. Yeah, and I think as, as we get into the Saturday and Sunday games, this will become more apparent, but I really think it was Maryland's pitching, not Northwestern's offense that did them in that game. I mean, of course, the two kind of go hand-in-hand hand in this case, but uh, the Friday starter, Brian Schaefer, uh, went eight innings strong, eight strikeouts. So, I mean, he induced a lot of, swing and, a lot of swings and misses, and this is against the same team that put up 12 runs across uh, the next two days, but uh, he surrendered just... Let me total up the hits here. Just six hits on the day to Northwestern, and one run didn't even get across until the eighth inning, the starter's last inning of work. Uh, so, yeah, I think exactly. You kind of chalk that, you know, chalk it up to, you know what, it didn't happen today, but credit to the Cats for getting two more wins after a pretty, I mean, 7 1 loss. That doesn't feel good, even if it's Maryland. Yeah, it was tough because, you know, as you said, six hits, one walk the entire day, and they only, they stranded three runners on the entire time. So, just really not even a lot of opportunities to get in scoring position, to score. Certainly frustrating day behind the plate. You know, I don't think there's anything else really to mention about this one. Tommy Bordignon pitched an inning of relief. So did Danny Katz. That was pretty much it for the, for Northwestern. Yeah, We can forget about this game. There were much better things this weekend than Friday. Yeah, so we will move on. And, you know, kind of a flip-flop on Saturday. Northwestern, the team, you know, in a blowout win over Maryland, wins 11-3 to and... As you said before, uh, Henry, a crooked inning, that fifth inning for Northwestern, really blew this one open, and from there there was no looking back. You know, what happened this inning, and offensively, who got it done for the Wildcats? I mean, that was a little bit of everyone. I mean, only two guys, only two spots in the lineup, I should say, uh, didn't record a hit against uh, against Maryland that day. But I think uh, I mean, baseball is a, it's a, it's a funny sport. It's a contagious sport. I mean, it was everybody. Look at uh, the, R the RBIs here. Arrow with one, Joe Hoshite with two, Matt Hoffner with one, Connor Lind with two, Jake Schieber with two, Nick Pachorik with two. I mean, that's so cool because we've seen that this Wildcat offense can, when Alex Arrow has been, you know, he was kind of in a slump in the middle of the year, uh, you know, a few weeks ago it was like one for, in like a one for 19 stretch or some crazy thing, but the offense thrived in spite of him. And then we see the same thing today. I mean, okay, Alex Arrow went one for six with uh, a rare strikeout I'm seeing right now in the box score, but the offense thrived in spite of him. I mean, he's a, he's a great leadoff guy, I think, for, for many reasons, and, and that's one of them is that, you know, he puts himself in opportunities and with one hit to get on base, get, get around and score. 
uh, as we mentioned, Joe Hoshite really been swinging the bat really well all big through Big Ten play. Three of five with two runs, two RBIs. An excellent day from him. And like you said, production from just about everywhere uh, in this order. And that huge inning was was awesome for Northwestern, but also early in the game, it was really good to see Nick Pachorek hit a home run to dead center, apparently. You know, we didn't see this game, it wasn't televised. Uh, Matt McHugh, one of our colleagues, was out there, had a great weekend on the air. Uh, said it was pretty much hit about as well as you could hit a ball to dead center, and it's pretty rare to crush one out that way. Yeah, and, and we have not really seen Pachorek's power. That was his first home run <laughs> of the year, the first of his Northwestern career, and he has struggled from the plate this season. He's hitting 141, so it was really nice uh, to see him have a game like that. I remember seeing that, listening to Matt, like, oh, wow, that's awesome that, that Nick Pachorek hit a home run, and then that was just a sign of things to come, uh, that fifth-inning rally. And, of course, started by Joe Hoshite. I mean, the rally itself wasn't necessarily started by him, but he was the first to record an RBI with a triple uh, to right field, so that was really nice to see. That's you know the part of the lineup that produces rallies like this generally, and I already touched on the pitch. <coughs> the combination of Hank Christie and Tyler Lass was was excellent. Kept the Maryland offense at just three runs. I mean Northwestern didn't have to score eleven runs to win this game, and that's mostly thanks to Hank Christie. Yeah, I, mean, I got I got nothing else to add to that. Hank Christie kept him in a good spot throughout the game, as uh, reminiscent of the. Uh, the Santa Clara performance, that complete game that got him Big Ten Freshman of the Week, that's my favorite Hank Christie nugget to throw out uh, on every opportunity I get. But it's so cool to see. I mean, um, you know, I mean, the Wildcat, the Wildcats pitching is not what wins them games, but in this this weekend it was. Certainly one of the better performances of the season of the young career for Hank Christie. And you know, one just added plus from these two games was that Northwestern only used three relievers. They got to use one on Saturday. Tyler Last came in for an inning. And on Friday, you know, despite being the blowout, they only had the pitch eight innings. And Coop got through six of them. They threw Tommy Bourgnon, Danny Katz. And what that allowed them to do was keep Pete Hoffman and Sam Lawrence for Sunday. And they really had a stocked bullpen going into this massive rubber match. And before the series, I think we all thought, hey, if Northwestern can get one, I think it would be a positive result. I'm pretty sure a lot of us mm -hmm. were saying that. But when you're there 1-1 and the game's there for the taking, you know, why not, right? I think that was the mentality for the Wildcats. This last game was awesome. How did they do it? It was 6-5 in 11 innings. We saw a lot of arms, some good bullpen work, and then ultimately some timely hitting. I mean, the way I look at this game, having followed it uh, on Sunday, is Northwestern played a pretty complete game from the fifth inning on. Uh, and Maryland just had a really good fifth inning and didn't really do much else. I mean, Maryland scored all five of their runs in the bottom of the fifth just with a really nice rally, but Northwestern from offensively, two in the fifth, two in the sixth, one in the eighth, and then one in the eleventh with some heroics that we talked about by Alex Arrow, who was four for six on the day with another rare strikeout. Um, it was just a, a complete game from that point forward. Pitching staff, after that ugly inning, uh, Sam Lawrence gave up two runs. Neither of them were earned by him, but Pete Hoffman was excellent. Three oh and two-thirds, four strikeouts, no hits, no earned runs, and then Forden came in and did his job. J.R. Reimer did a fine job, and then Josh Levy closing it out in extra innings and getting the win. I mean, this really solid job by the Northwestern bullpen in holding Maryland's bats from the sixth inning to the 11th inning with zero runs while getting really nice run support from the offense. I mean, this was a really 
gutsy win kind of reminded me in the way it was back and forth of Game 3 against Purdue. Much different game, but similar in some ways. So I, this was an excellent, excellent win. Yeah, keep keeping Pete Hoffman until Sunday mattered a lot. Last week, Spencer Allen said he was the MVP of the team for his performance against Purdue, and here he really came through in the clutch. The senior has been throwing the best stuff of his career now, and I don't think you could ask. It's literally a perfect stat line. Three and two-thirds innings pitch, no hits, no runs, just one walk and four strikeouts. That's about as shut down as it gets, and you can kind of feel similar to that Purdue game when the momentum can shift back and forth. When you have a guy that comes out and shuts it down, you got to feel that that's when you have to win. Like, you can't waste a performance like that. No, absolutely not. I mean, yeah, the, this, for me, yeah, I mean, this, you guys touched on it, but the bullpen gets, you know, the MVP here. But Pete Hoffman, I mean, it, it was it, it was so awesome to see him. He's, he's, he's not even that big a dude, but he's just got such overpowering stuff. He's, he's a bulldog, right? He comes in all these extremely high leverage situations and can be used to get, you know, a couple niche, a couple batters out, but uh, in, in a in a righty-heavy Northwestern bullpen. Um, he goes long relief, but he can do that too, right? I mean, in we the, the Illinois series that Sam and I called uh, about a month ago, he was in some really high-leverage situations. He got, uh, you know, the short end of the stick in a couple of those. But it, it's one thing to have a guy who can, you know, go out there and do the job, but he's got to want it too. But, like, it, it, that's the relationship that Spencer Allen and Dusty Napoleon, the pitching coach, have with – Pete Hoffman is they know that no not only can I throw this guy in there I should because he wants to be there and he shines in those scenarios it's really incredible to see yeah touching on last week he had two saves he had a three inning save on the Friday night game of last week's series and on Sunday he came in with the bases loaded pitched an inning and a third got out of that jam so really good stuff from Pete Hoffman any other lasting thoughts from the series you want to add can't I mean we touched on Alex Arrow but that was probably the biggest hit of the season so far for Northwestern. I mean, it's a, not, gave them the win in a game to steal a series from what some might say is the best or second best or third best, a top three team in the Big Ten. Um, and with one swing of the bat, he took a game in extra innings. I mean, this is a game they were losing 5-2 to two at one point, came back to win, capped off by a guy like Arrow, who isn't necessarily a power threat. He has four home runs in the on the year, which is nice, but... He's not the guy you necessarily expect to get a home run in that situation. So, I mean, just major props to him because that was the biggest hit of the season so far for Northwestern. Um, can't say much more about that. Yeah, the boys are for real. So it's going to be a fun last series in Purdue, and should they make the tournament, it's going to be a whole lot of fun to follow this team uh, this year. Certainly a lot of fun, meaningful baseball left to be played. Let's get into it. Um, we're going to do a little bit of Big Ten tournament bracketology. You know, two weeks ago, I guess a little more than that, when Northwestern uh, was defeated by Michigan State in a series, they took just one, things looked pretty grim for the Wildcats. You had to say, look at the schedule, you see Purdue on the road, Maryland on the road, Rutgers at home. You know, I think most people were saying four. They have four already uh, out of six. And now they're in seventh place in the Big Ten. They're 10-11 and 11 in conference. Tied with Purdue on record, but they have the tiebreaker over Purdue for the final spot. I mean, I mean, just over them. So, Northwestern Purdue, the last two teams in, Northwestern in seventh. As things ended, they would play Michigan in the first game of the Big Ten tournament Ooh. in a week from, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, a week from tomorrow, but maybe by the time you're hearing this on Wednesday, a week from then. 
But regardless of that, Northwestern needs to make the tournament, and they have three games left. There are a few teams that are angling for the tournament. Purdue, Michigan State, Rutgers, and Illinois. Now, Rutgers, the problem is they could play themselves out of contention. They're playing at the time we were recording this against Minnesota. It looks like they're going to lose game one to the Gophers. They're down 6-2 in the eighth inning. Assume they lose that game. They have one more. But as of now, as we're recording this, they're going to be 7-12. and So it probably leaves them out of contention. And if they lose, they're almost certainly, you'd say 95% eliminated. But the other three teams, Purdue, Michigan State, and Illinois, can make it close. What does Northwestern need to do? And it's pretty clear what they need to do to make it certain, but what do they need to do this weekend to ensure they're playing next week in Indiana? First of all, Rutgers, in the long run, probably did Northwestern a favor by beating Illinois uh, in two out of the three games pretty convincingly. The first one, 8-3, to three, I was really impressed by that. So they are a relatively hot team coming in because last time we talked to it, I was worried not as much about Michigan State because their schedule was harder, but about Illinois because they had a team like Rutgers followed by Iowa. Um, So I was worried that, you know, potentially Illinois was going to jump Northwestern and they have the tiebreaker given that they won 2-3 in Champaign. But for Northwestern, it's clear you've got to win at least, I mean, I would say two games against Rutgers, which is doable. Well, I'll add, there was a lot of drama on the final day of the last set of series on Sunday. Because Northwestern had about as favorable as a weekend as it gets. They took two for Maryland. They were boosted by the fact that Purdue was swept by Michigan. Not a good look there for the Boilermakers. As you said, Illinois lost 23 from Rutgers. And what was really nuts was that Michigan State lost two out of three to Nebraska. On the road in Nebraska, that's a really tough series. But this game was 8-7 to seven in the, bottom, or the top of the ninth inning. And this dude on Michigan State hit a home run almost that was robbed on a diving catch at the wall so it's all just a game of inches here and what ended up having michigan state is 9 and 12 in a game back of purdue and northwestern and now michigan state's got to go play three games against michigan which is a really hard series and also purdue not having an easy series is going to have to go on the road to minnesota this weekend yeah so you look at those two scenario those two series and you think Wow, it feels you feels really good to be in Northwestern spot. They control their own destiny. If they get a sweep, they are guaranteed the seventh spot. Um, they could hop up to the sixth if Indiana gets swept. Unlikely, considering they're playing Ohio State. If they win two, they're almost certainly in the tournament. Historically, twelve wins has almost always been enough. There is one scenario, however, where if they win two games, they do not get in. It's if Purdue gets a sweep and puts them also at it puts them at 13 wins. Northwestern would be at 12, and Michigan State gets a sweep, which would put them at 12. If that happens, Michigan State has the tiebreaker over Northwestern after that earlier series. Also, if Purdue wins two games, Northwestern wins two games, and Michigan State wins three, they all would be tied at 12 wins. And in a three-way tie, because Purdue has not played Michigan State, it goes to a three-way tiebreaker. And that is Big Ten common record rec- common record against Big Ten opponents. And in the way that works, the two teams those teams have played are Illinois and Iowa. And Northwestern has just three wins, two against Iowa, one against Illinois. Well, Michigan State and Purdue each have four. So Northwestern, in the craziest little bit of happenstance, would be left out. 
So you win two, you're not guaranteed. That being said, it's extremely unlikely that Michigan State <laughs> sweeps Michigan. Not going to happen. Extremely unlikely that Purdue wins two. So you win two games, you feel really good. I would say that scenario is, you know, I've been doing some, some bracket uh, hunting over here. It's been crazy. Now the fun thing is if Northwestern wins one, you do not control your own destiny. Uh-uh. It becomes a mess. Northwestern against in a, in a one-up tie with Michigan State, Illinois is not there. With Purdue, they have it. But for it to be a, a two-way tie for eighth place means Michigan would have to leapfrog both of them, mm-hmm. which is unlikely. Yeah. In a three-way tie, we said what would happen, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State. In a three-way tie with Purdue and Illinois, Northwestern would make it. In a three-way tie with Illinois and Michigan State, Northwestern would not make it. So a lot of things could happen. The pro- Illinois could conceivably, if they swept their series, Northwestern would be, and Northwestern won just one, they would be tied at 11 wins. So that is one scenario that can happen. Man, oh, man. I mean, what I'm hearing I, yeah. is if they... It's a lot of complicated ways is, to say that if Northwestern win two, wins if two, win two, they're good. Yeah. They win two, they're in. If they win one, the way I see it, like they they're very well still could are still pretty be good. in because I don't think Michigan State's going to have much luck against Michigan. Mm-hmm. I don't see Purdue having much luck against Minnesota, who's a really good team. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's really tough, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say they're in. I mean, I, I think they win two games, so that's the clearest way even, to do it. Even if they win one. Things look pretty good yeah. for Northwestern. If they get swept by Rutgers, I would say definitively their their odds look very bad. Yeah. But you have to think Northwestern at home against Rutgers is favored to take two out of three and very, very high odds to take at least one. Mm-hmm. And could even maybe expect a sweep. Yeah, no, I don't think a sweep's out of the question. But I think uh, uh, I think the I think the most likely outcome would be two of three. Uh I think, but I think it's because you know Northwestern knows that they have so much to play for. They've got history to play for right now. Give Spencer Allen a tournament berth. Uh, put him that would leave Spencer Allen with just one season last season where he didn't make the tournament uh, in his last couple. And when he got the the Illinois team as an assistant coach two years ago to 50 wins and a, a, just the most obscene uh, stat line record line um, for a Big Ten team. It's pretty wild, uh, but. It would be it would be really incredible. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I just I don't see the Cats losing two out of three to Rutgers. Yeah. Rutgers, I mean, Rutgers, they're on the, they're on their heels as well, and they've got everything to and, play for. They're going to come out swinging. And what's going to make it hard for Rutgers is they're playing two games today on Tuesday. They have a day of rest on Wednesday. They're going to have to come travel from Minnesota down to Northwestern and play a three game series starting on Thursday with one game of rest. They're going to be tired. They're going to be really tired. I, I this is a. Now, here's the thing. Crazier things have happened. Northwestern, I'm sure if we were Maryland students and we're doing the Maryland baseball podcast last week, we're saying, oh, there's, you know, worst case scenario, we win two games against Northwestern. Mm-hmm. I mean, doomsday scenarios happen. I, Rutgers winning two games, I've seen much crazier, crazier than that happening. I think Northwestern will get it done. And like we said, winning one against Rutgers, their odds are still pretty good giving the level given the level of competition Purdue and Michigan State are playing, I think they're pretty safe, but pretty much they've got to be focused on Rutgers. Scoreboard watching is always going to happen in the last week of a regular season when a lot is on the line like this, but the key's got to just be focus on your opponent, focus on Rutgers. If, you know, Michigan State could sweep 
Purdue could sweep. And if you win three against Rutgers, you're still in. So it, it's it's you control your own destiny. Focus on the Scarlet Knights. Certainly an interesting end to the season, although it does seem things are lining up for Northwestern to make the Big Ten tournament. We're going to have a, a bit of a small bracketology post coming up soon. And the entire end of the weekend, stay tuned to our Twitter feed. Um, we'll have updates on, on any developments that happen in Northwestern's favor or, or against them. You know, We'll keep you updated. It's going to come down to it, but we feel pretty confident Northwestern will do it. Let's close this out. Let's see. Let's look at Rutgers. You know, what do you see in this team? What are they good at? What are they bad at? Where can Northwestern attack them? This is a pretty unremarkable team that did Northwestern a favor by taking two from Illinois, but this is a team Northwestern should be able to handle. Rutgers is fine offensively, but horrifying uh, with all pretty much every pitching category. They've got, as a team, a 6.03 ERA. That's yeah, not great. worst in the Big Ten by a pretty significant margin. Um Northwestern almost a full point ahead of Rutgers as a team. I mean, this is just this, the ERAs of their three starting pitchers, 4.67, 5.94, and 6.98. I mean, this is a team that Northwestern can put good numbers up offensively mm-hmm. against, and the bats for Northwestern are hot given that their last two games they scored 11 and then six runs going up against a pitching staff that really doesn't have anything to offer. This my main observation about Rutgers is that I think Northwestern's bats can really jump on the pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, they're a very okay team offensively. They're three best hitters batting average-wise. 343, 303, 295. Uh, none of their starters are hitting at a clip below 250, which is actually kind of impressive. Um, so you don't seem to be any gaping holes in their lineup offensively, but I think uh, a team this kind of reminds me of is uh, Michigan State and how, you know, we are thinking when, when we were previewing the Michigan State series, we are thinking, dang, how the heck uh, is Michigan State so bad record-wise when their offense is so flipping good? Um, but it was because, you know, I mean, Michigan State's able to stay afloat because of their offense because their offense is one of the best in the Big Ten, if not the best. They're absolutely loaded um, in spite of their pitching, but Rutgers doesn't have the same kind of offense, and Northwestern took one against them. a Michigan State team that, I, I think, with, if you compare Michigan State and Rutgers, you have to go past the, uh, you, have, you have to get into some intangible. Michigan State just a far superior team. Two Rutgers, um, and anything. Michigan State's hitting kept them alive against Nebraska. Maybe even almost took two out of three against the Cornhuskers. I, I agree with you that this is just a different type of team. They're not as you know not as talented, and you know we can look at these stats in conference rank. They're one of the worst in ERA, as you said. They are the worst. Worst in hits allowed. Really bad WHIP. Their uh, their WHIP is a one five six, which is mm. which is not great. You know, they're 12th in walks in the conference. They've also committed more errors than their, any team. Their fielding percentage mm-hmm. is .95. Uh, oh, this is Northwestern. Sorry, one second. That's not right. It's nine five one, um, which is, you know, high but not good. It's 11th in the con- – or it's last in the conference. Sorry. Um, the stats are not good for this defense. They're not good for this pitching. And, you know, you look, you look at their pitcher stats and you see the starters that you're going to get – uh, Seferano Brito, probably the best one. He's a little respectable, but then you look at the other guys, uh, John O'Reilly and then maybe Christian Campbell, it's not good for those two. John O'Reilly, a 5.94 ERA, uh, 69 and two-thirds, not so nice innings pitched, only 36 strikeouts, 86 hits. Christian Campbell, 44 innings pitched, 
Uh, 6-1-4 ERA, 32 strikeouts, 52 hits. You know, those stats aren't good. There's no way around it. And you think, given the way Northwestern has played all year, like, their lineup is just so good. You have to believe that your lineup is better. This is not a point where Northwestern is, like, hoping that they can beat a Big Ten team. They should be confident, be the aggressors in this series. Yeah, Northwestern's lineup is better and, and playing well right now, and Northwestern's pitching is much, much better than Rutgers' pitching. Add in the intangible, as you mentioned a minute, they're right as we're speaking right now on Tuesday, playing a game up in Minnesota and then coming down to play a game on Thursday. So they only have one day of rest in between, and Northwestern has what, four days of rest between Sunday and Thursday, so everything just kind of lines up for Northwestern. You just have to avoid a, a letdown after a huge series at Maryland. I, You know, letdowns happen in sports. big part of it is mental, but on paper, Northwestern should win these games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in uh, I went through Rutgers' schedule here as you were talking, Sam. In in the Scarlet Knights' last 19 conference games, they have given up less than five runs only twice. They win in spite of their pitching, to say the least. So Northwestern just has to be careful not to make it a shootout. Mm. And, you know, the theme for this team all year really has been play clean and not let that one big inning happen. It happened against Maryland, but not not in the two games they won, not against Purdue. And I think if they can do that and keep it competitive, they have to feel that their hitting will come through. Yeah, and I think Spencer Allen's also figure out how to maneuver his bullpen and know like what guys thrive in what situations. We're seeing much of a more of like a systematic approach. It's become more more predictable as conference play has worn on. Oh, Hoffman's going in at this point. Lawrence will come in here. Reimer will get one batter here, right? Like Spencer Allen's figuring out, and guys are settling into their roles. They're getting into a routine. That's something he mentioned at the start of conference play. He wanted to happen, and it certainly has. And I think it's just been you know mentally really relieving for the bullpen. No pun intended. Sorry about that. Uh, last note here. Uh, this Saturday, you know, last game of the regular season, also last game at home for the Wildcats is senior day. Um, you know, a lot of seniors on this team, and it's it's a tough situation when a new coach comes in halfway through your time in Evanston and wants to rebuild everything. And, you know, to be fair, has been a lot of success for these guys before this season. But they put in a lot of work. I'm just going to read the names off, and then maybe we can have a quick moment to just talk about what this senior class has done for Northwestern. Uh, Pete Hoffman, Joe Schindler, Matt Hoffner, Joe Hoshite, Cooper Weatherby, Josh Davis, and also Jake Schieber. Um, you know, the big names that stand out are obviously Joe Hoshite, Matt Hoffner, Pete Hoffman, Cooper Weatherby, Josh Davis also a transfer. I just read off half, oh, more than half the names. But they've been contributors this year, and it's been really good for them to – help out a team making a huge turnaround they have been as much as we talk about the future and how this program has gotten better um, and how they will continue to get better with the freshman big names that we now have like Alex Arrow Leo Kaplan pitchers like Hank Christie Sam Lawrence these guys are the future but this is a huge senior class that they are going to be missing and it all starts with Hoshite and Hoffner in the middle of the order they have been you know, I've only been in Northwestern for two years, but you know, one of the first things I learned about the baseball team as a freshman was Matt Hoffner and Joe Hoshite are very good, mm-hmm. and exactly. Northwestern's going to miss them. So, but it's not just them. I mean, there are a lot of senior contributors. There are a lot. There are a few seniors who haven't contributed as much this year, but are st- everyone's important to the program. So, huge shout out to all these guys. Like you said, Amit, there have been tough times, 
and they're leaving at a time where Northwestern is growing, and I think that's that's good to see if you're a senior. Yeah, I mean, I, I Sammy, you, you hit all the good points. I mean, I can't, you know, I was even looking, you know, even after the senior class, like um, all these guys, I can't, I, there's almost no one here that hasn't contributed to the success of this season in one way or another. Uh, between Sheber, who's been here for five years, the only guy that's going to graduate with more time under uh, Doug Stevens and Spencer Allen. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Hoffman, Schindler, uh, Hoffman, Hoffner, Hoffman, Hoshite, Schindler, Cooper Weatherby, who really came into his own this year as a Friday starter in the role that was, like, so shaky uh, through the first half of the season. He's put on some, like, really dominant performances, and he himself has won the Wildcats a lot of games. Josh Davis out of the bullpen. I mean, um, they're really going to miss these guys, and the future's in very good hands. But, man, I don't think it was even until about a minute ago where I realized, dang, all these guys are seniors. Yeah, it really creeps up on you. The season has really flown by. You know, just one last thought. It's kind of like uh, the basketball program we saw a lot this year with their motto of Pound the Rock. Uh, it's not the final blow that does it. It's all those that came before. And, you know, just a touching moment for Northwestern's team. They've, they've put in, The seniors have put in a lot of work, and I'm happy that this year, you know, is a chance for them to play some, some meaningful late May baseball. Um, that's going to do it for us here. Uh, we'll have all three games for you this weekend uh, against Rutgers at home and beyond. If there is a beyond, it does seem likely. Um, Henry, I know you're on one game this weekend. Uh, that'll be fun. I think you're on Friday. Make sure you guys tune in to Henry and all of our broadcasters. Thanks a lot for listening to Northwestern Baseball Podcast. It's been 10 fun episodes. Probably have one more. Sam Brief, Henry Moore, I'm Amit Malik. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Northwestern Baseball Podcast interview. I'm Mitt Malik, joined by uh, assistant coach Dustin Napoleon. How are you doing, coach? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, really successful weekend for the team. They took two out of three against a really talented Maryland team. Things shaping up really nicely coming down here to the end of the regular season. Um, let's get into it. We're just going to you know, go game by game through the Maryland series. Obviously not the best start on Friday. Um, you know What kind of happened to that one? A really talented... Uh, Friday night pitcher and Schaefer for Maryland. Yeah, we knew going in there that we went to battle Schaefer, and, and we knew it was going to be a challenge for us. Um, you know, he has a chance to be a top 60 pick in the draft coming up, and, and he was the best arm that we faced all year, so I give a lot of credit to him. Um, Cooper actually gave us a pretty good go. Um, we didn't make some plays behind him um, that, you know, w- once you get down by two, three runs against them, um, with Schaefer on the mound, it's going to be tough to, tough to win. So, Offensively, yeah, not much uh, to write home about, but a nice at-bat for Grant Piker, you know, one of his first at-bats back from uh, coming, uh, you know, missing a lot of time. What was that What was that like for him? Yeah, that was that was awesome. I was so happy for him. He's, he's worked really hard um, to get back from his injury and, and throwing him in there against against Schaefer, you know. He was he was ready to hit, swung first pitch, barreled it up, and I, I actually thought it was going to get out of here. So, Yeah, it, it definitely was almost close. Um, anything else you want to add about this first game? There, re- there really wasn't much. Maryland had one beginning and it kind of got away. Yeah, no, I think uh, you know Coach Allen talked about it. Um, you know, he brought the team up after the game and and he said, hey, we actually did a lot, of, a lot of good things well. And 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 it was one of those things where it's 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 just not going to show up in the in the box score. But uh, you know, we did challenge them. We competed and, and we just got beat by them. Yeah, I think that's the best way to <laughs> right. say it. But you guys rebounded. Uh, coming on Saturday, and you took game two from the Terrapins. This one, you guys had one really big inning 
Let's start offensively. What was going on for you guys in that in that one inning where you had a crooked number on the Terrapins? Yeah, you know, I think it was uh, it might have been Joe Hoshite again. <laughs> he's he in the triple. Mid- yeah, yeah, he's he's in the middle of everything for us uh, once we once we score runs and and uh, really, you know, our guys had great at bats. You know, one after another. Um, you know, Nick Pachork had a big home run, I think, the inning before. And then we had guys on base for Joe, and that's that's what we talked about. You know, when guys are on base for, for Hoshite and Hoppy, usually good things happen. And then pitching-wise for Northwestern, a really good performance from Hank Christie, the freshman. What was working for him on Saturday? Yeah, Hank was great again. You know, that's, I think, four starts in a row, four or five starts in a row for him where he's got us deep into games. Um, you know, he, he, he really just battle for us, you know, move the fastball in and out, kept the ball down, threw his breaking ball for a strike, and when he does that, you know, he's he, he's going to win a lot of games for us. Throws a lot of strikes, doesn't really walk too many batters. Can you speak about the kind of season it's been for Hank so far? I mean, he's, he, he's put himself in this position by his work ethic, really. Um, you know, he's, he's a baseball guy. You know, he's always in the dugout learning, talking to Coach Reynolds, um, working with Coach Reynolds. And, and, you know, all the credit goes to him. You know, he's put in the work, and he's getting rewarded for it. Um, you had a, an inning there, I believe, from Tyler Lass on uh, Saturday. What was it like to get through two games without using up, you know, some of the, the workhorses in your mm-hmm. bullpen? Yeah, you know, I think uh, the last couple of weeks, you know, it's been Hank uh, straight to Sam Lawrence on Saturdays, um, and then Pete, um, you know, Pete Hoffman in there um, when we need a big strikeout and finish off innings. And, and you know, really just having Sam fresh for for Sunday was huge for us. We really had our whole bullpen ready for Sunday, and those guys came in and and, and battled for us, and we ended up getting the uh, another W. Yeah, let's talk about that Sunday game. Really dramatic, you know, awesome win uh, for the team. Uh, we can work backwards. Let's start with that home run from Alex Arrow. Uh, super clutch. Yep. It's just been an incredible season for the freshman. How is he able to come through in that moment? Um, you know, he he's uh, he treats every at bat the same. You know, I don't think there's you know his at bat in the first inning is going to be the same way he approaches the at bat in the eleventh inning. Um, and, and that's that's a credit to him. But you know, he got a he worked himself in a good count. Got got a three one fastball, um, and, and he was he was on time for it. And I just think that was a 92, 93 mile an hour fastball from their lefty. And and uh, you know, Alex Alex got some ju- some juice from both sides of the plate, but he barreled it up and. At first, I wasn't sure if it was going to go. I'm just kind of weird wind day there, and he got it up in the in the jet stream, and it, and it uh, ended up over the fence. <laughs> was it was a huge home run, and then the bottom of that inning, Josh Levy, you know, closed it out well, and he had you know a really nice appearance that day, part of a large bullpen team. But what was working well for that for that freshman, Josh Levy? Yeah, uh, super pumped for him. You know, he's he's uh, had a rough couple weeks here, and and. You know, put him in that situation. Um, you could just see that he was confident. He was attacking the strike zone. Um, really, his best pitch was his slider. Um, he was throwing the slider in at, at any time, and it's working ahead of hitters. Uh, and then the other pitcher I, I want to ask about is Pete Hoffman. Through two, three, and two thirds innings, no runs, no hits, just one walk. You know, about as impressive as it gets from the senior. Following up two saves against Purdue. What's allowed him to go on this late season tear? Yeah, I mean, Pete's been huge for us, no, no doubt about that. Um, again, same thing with him, working ahead of hitters. You know, he's, he's a low 90s guy on the mound with a really good slider. And, and when he works ahead of hitters, you know, you, you see what happens. And guys are uncomfortable facing him. So, you know, we, we uh, you know he's worked with Coach Reynolds again and, and just working on pounding the strike zone. And, and when Pete's out there, he's, you know, he gives us the best chance. 
Offensively, uh, you guys were down 5-2 and you rallied all the way back. How were you able to get back in that game, string together some timely hits? I think it was huge that after they, you know, we scored two and then they put up a five spot and we answered back with two runs. Um, I think that was huge. You know, sometimes if you don't score and, and then Maryland gets up 5-2, they, they, you know, they add one here or there and, and you get down by you know, four or five runs against a good team. Sometimes it's tough, but I think answering right back, cutting that to one run um, was big. And then, you know, Connor Lind, you know, huge, huge hit there. Two strikes, two outs, um, hit a double into the apple gap. And when he's doing that, you know, he's, you know, really productive for us. A lot of players I could ask you about. We obviously talked about Joe Hoshai, Alex mm-hmm. Sarah. I want to ask you about the you know, the kind of bottom three batters in the lineup who really have come through the last two weeks, especially, you know, Ben Dickey getting some appearances mm-hmm. and Jake Schieber too. Yep, again, those guys, bottom of the order, um, getting on base is, is big for us. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons why Alex Arrow's hitting leadoff, um, just so he hits with guys on base. Um, and Schieber and Dickey have been getting on, and, and uh, you know, when those guys are on, they can, they can steal bases. Um, they're going to take their walk, put the ball in play, and make, and make them defend us. I mean, those guys are on. Alex comes up with, with guys on base, and usually good things happen. Uh, after this series, you guys sit in seventh place with that tiebreaker over Purdue. You know, what was it just like to come out of that weekend in such a good position, also boosted by, you know, good results? Purdue got swept. Michigan State lost two. Illinois lost two. Yeah. No, I think I think the goal, um, to, you know, to start the year was to make the Big Ten tournament. Um, and about you know probably a month and a half ago, and we were sitting there looking and talking as a, as a team and as coaches, and it's hey, if if we can get that Rutgers series to mean something, you know, that's going to be good for our program. And you know, we, we weren't sure what it was what we were going to have to do, um, but now after a little bit of help and, and we've we played some good baseball here recently, that we got ourselves in a position that you know we control our own destiny, and I, I think that's pretty special. So we just got to come out and, and play consistent baseball and, and not worry about about what else is going on in the league and just try to focus here with what's, what's going on in Evanston. Building on what you just said, you know, two or so weeks ago after the Michigan State series, you know, things weren't looking great. You know, that was a crucial series and you guys dropped two. What was the message to your team coming into two really tough teams on the road, Purdue and Maryland? You know, what did you say to your guys to get them to play so well? Um, you know, we, we really didn't say much, to be honest with you. You know, uh, kind of led by the seniors. Um, and, and, and those guys knew, knew what was at stake, you know, had not had not playing in the Big Ten tournament for their four years here. Um, you know, I think they're, they're really motivated. And, you know, go, sometimes going out, playing on the road against good teams, you know, lights a little fire under some guys. And I think that happened with our guys, and, and you know, it, it worked out for us. Let's talk about that Rutgers series really quick. Offensively, you know, pretty solid team, top four or five in the Big Ten. Pitching-wise, kind of towards the bottom of the conference, what's the approach for your team into this final weekend? Um, you know, I think uh, Rutgers is very talented. You know, they, they can really swing it. Um, they got some good arms on the mound. So really, it's going to come down to us. You know, we have to execute pitches, um, keep the ball down. Um, and then from offensive standpoint, you know, just you know, execute the short game, the running game that we have, and then get, get some big two-out hits. And then mentally approaching this series, you know, you guys know you win three, you're in for sure. You win two, you're pretty much guaranteed to be in. You know, how do you keep your guys getting ahead of themselves and then also just having the right mentality towards 
a spot a lot of guys on this roster haven't been in yet. Right, and I, th- I think you just you just nailed it right there. Where it's you know this is new for a lot of us. You know, it's it's new for the for the program. You know, I haven't been in the last seven years, and all of our guys know that. You know, the, everybody knows what's at stake. You know, I think you know what what we have to do is really really again cliche, but take it take it pitch by pitch, game by game, and try not to worry about what else is going outside of Evanston, and 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 just play consistent baseball. Lastly, I want to wrap up uh, Saturday is senior day for Northwestern. Like you mentioned, seniors have led by example. A lot of talented players in that class. Can you know, you just speak to the seniors and what they've done for this program at their time here? Yeah, I mean, first I just want to thank them, um, all of them. You know, just uh, you know, dealing with, you know, new coaching staff and then last year and then bringing in, you know, um, our first recruiting class. Sometimes you're not sure how the upperclassmen are going are gonna to handle that. But all, all those guys, every single one of them, have, have embraced it. You know, that they, they talk about changing the culture and wanting to, wanting to be, hey, that, this is what we did and, and we, we turned the program around or, or at least on the right track to doing that and I just want to thank those guys you know those guys have bought in they're the leaders of our team and uh, you know it's no coincidence that, that they've all had good years great thanks a lot coach I appreciate it good luck this weekend awesome go Cats